0: Welcome to Sunstein Sessions on iHeartRadio, conversations about issues that matter. Here's your host, winner of two Gracie Awards, Shelley Sunstein.
1: Good morning. I want to introduce you to two friends of mine. Uh, Actually, one has been on Sunstein Sunday several times and then... Well, first, let me introduce you to John Manning, because the reason that uh, we are doing this show today is that John Manning has retired, just retired, after a very long career with the FDNY, with the EMS. I first met John. John will be able to pinpoint the year, but I cannot. But I first met him at one of our wonderful St. Patrick's Day breakfasts, and uh, he was leading. The EMS Pipes and Drum. And that was the first year we were honored to have the EMS Pipes and Drum at our annual breakfast. And that began a long, long friendship. And he has just retired. By the way, your your screen has frozen, so at least I hope we'll hear your audio. So how long uh,
0: can you hear me? (laughs) I I can hear
1: you, but you are frozen into this (laughs) grimace.
2: How do we get that back on?
1: How long have you served with the FDNY?
0: Uh, 25 years, uh, eight months and six days.
1: Okay. And also joining me today, he didn't put the minutes. I'm surprised he didn't do the minutes in the seconds. Richie Alley's retired FDNY Deputy Chief, known as the People's Chief. You have been retired longer than John Manning. Um, But I want to talk about your careers and retirement. First of all, John, why did you decide to retire now?
0: Uh, I have uh, uh, multiple issues, not multiple issues. Thank God I'm getting out healthy. Uh, As I said, 25 years. Um, I'm fed up. I'm mentally drawn and mentally uh, exhausted. Uh, How the city and the FDNY has treated EMS members, uh, especially um, especially the city of New York. Uh, I, I'm just getting very, like I said, f- mentally, not physically, physically, I'm, I'm still in great shape. I, I st- can still do the job. I just, you know, mentally I'm, I'm done, I'm drawn. And, you know, all the years I, I had gotten on six months after the merger, uh, the police and firefighters out on the streets, the, the men and women that you work side by side with, day in and day out, have been awesome throughout my entire career. It's the management, and and how we're treated, and you know, uh, you can you can't blink without asking a chief, an EMS chief, what to do. I, it's just and and it's not going away. It's the same issues. It's the you know they they recreate the same ideas, and when those ideas fail. They come back five years later and and I'm just I'm mentally drawn. I love my profession. I love what I do. Uh, you know, yes, we lose people, unfortunately. Uh, we fight what people fear, and that's death. But you know, those days that we save somebody or those days we deliver a child or we help somebody, you know, you gotta remember when when people call nine one one, they're at their worst time. And here you have anywhere between eight to 10 males and females coming in, in uniforms. And those are EMTs, paramedics, police officers, and firefighters into their homes. And it, it just becomes, you know, it, it's very rewarding when, when it's a good job. But then when you have your administration, you have your EMT, your, your chiefs, your EMS chiefs, just coming down on you and constantly nagging you and you know, you know, you can't use the bathroom, there's a call to do, or, you know, sitting in an ambulance. And I, I could tell you a, a million times when I used to be in an ambulance, I used to have to eat my dinner in my hand on my lap in an ambulance. Uh, you know, it's it, it just, I'm mentally done. You know, I was also one of those people that believed that someday things would change at, back in the merger. And I'm sure Chief Alice can, uh, I, I would imagine... Back at the merger, we were told we were going to get EMS stations, very similar to like a firehouse. That's never happened. That's never come. It's the same 36 ambulance stations. Yes, some of them had rebuilt. Yes, some of them have been changed. But that's because they were at the bottom of the barrel. 25 years later, and EMS is the same exact agency it was. Yes, they have nice ambulances. Yes, we have beautiful uniforms. And yes, we have great equipment, but our EMTs are still the lowest paying job out there.
1: What is the top pay for an EMS technician?
0: I believe right now it's 59,000. I could be mistaken about that.
1: And the starting pay?
0: Oh, the starting pay, I, I, I'm sorry, Shelley, i sorry, Shelly, I don't want to be wrong, but it, it's low. And you know, the mayor, the $3,000 empty suit we have at City Hall right now promised pay parity during his election. And here we are, nine almost nine months into it, and what does that empty $3,000 empty suit say now?
1: There just, is just a
0: big... What's happening, just look I, I don't know if you read the New York Post or any of the newspaper articles recently. We have EMTs and paramedics that are dying of World Trade Center illness. Cancer, and they have been fired. They have been terminated because they are out past the one year mark. And what's more, what do you mean by? Governor, wait
1: a minute. What do you mean by past the one year mark?
0: Uh, they've been out sick for more than a year. Oh, okay. And Governor Cuomo signed a bill, and maybe Chief Alice can uh, help us with this. Signed a bill back in 2019, making it a law. That emergency medical technicians and paramedics that are, were deemed with World Trade Center cancer are on unlimited sick, unlimited, just like our counterparts in the New York City Police Department and the New York City Fire Department. But when it comes to the EMS members, they've all been terminated. They're all payroll. That, that you know it, it, the biggest shock about this whole thing is, Shelley. What is this going to do the next time there's a 9/11? God forbid. This is a big message going out, you know, and that's another thing, Shelly. We've been told that we're a uniform, that we're non-uniform, we're non-uniform service. Yeah. On September 11th, we all heard the alert that all the radio stations and all the TV stations said, total recall, all uniform members are to respond to your stations. We all responded. And then when it comes to contract, you know, negotiations and stuff. No, sorry. You're just a civilian. Sorry, we can't. We can't give you pay parity. No, not happening. So, you know, that is going to put a huge burden. God forbid there's another 9-11 issue or matter or emergency.
1: Richie, can you address this, please? Richie Allies, he is a retired FDNY deputy chief, the people's chief, and now he is working, he continues to work on behalf of the 9 11 community, advocating for these health benefits and compensation. Why is the EMS getting screwed, Richie?
2: Well, it it goes back to the original uh, merger, which was a a politically expedient thing for the city of New York to do. They took EMS out of health and hospitals. They merged it with the fire department, changed their uniform, make them look like FDNY, uh, because there were more minorities and women in EMS. And they they brought this in as, oh, one big happy family. And the fact that the EMS employees, whether EMTs and paramedics and the offices wear a uniform, as John alluded to, they are not considered uniform employees. Uh, consequently, they are in a different pension system, like the same pension system that most of the civilian employees that work for FDMY are, the NICER system, which is the New York City Employment Retirement System, which of the five pension systems in New York is the most dysfunctional. So now this 9-11 issue, which really runs deep in in my heart as a first responder and now, you know, as a uh, 9-11 health and compensation advocate, uh, the fact that when the law was passed with great fanfare in 2019 and signed by Governor Cuomo was great. New York City firefighters and New York City police officers have unlimited sick leave, regardless of whether it's 9-11 related or some other matter. EMS employees and other people that were exposed that are city employees did not have that same benefit. So if they did have 9-11 exposure and let's just stay with EMS, they would be entitled to the same benefit of unlimited uh, sick leave. Now, normally if NICER's pension system would function properly and someone with a 9-11 related cancer, which is a serious and disabling condition or 9-11 uh, respiratory uh, disease, serious disabling condition, their their retirement papers would go through, their their disability pension would be approved, and they would be out the door. So now, unfortunately for the fire department, they have some employees that they are paying their salary for. That they have no use for, so it's a multi-pronged problem. And and the state senator that that brought this out and kind of throwing uh, you know uh, a of cocktail at the FDNY is a host. I mean, I, I think that a more you know compromise the the between the administration and the FDNY, New York City, the pension system, resolve this and and don't have these people that are going to get terminated and now they're in limbo. They don't have an approved pension and they don't have a job. Like, what are we gonna do with them? Oh, thank you for your service back in 2001. Well, we don't need you anymore. We're gonna throw you on the trash heap. So it's a a serious problem.
1: Are there any talks right now to resolve this situation? I mean, it's one thing when we had to fight with Congress, it's just, it's unbelievable that That you have to fight with the city to you know we're talking about first responders, The bottom line, first responders who are ill and dying because they did the right thing on nine eleven and in the days after. And that's why we need you and value you. How on earth are we fighting with our own city on this
2: issue? Well, this would require a legislative and legal fix with the pension system. Like I said, there's five pension systems in the city of New York. NICE's is the most dysfunctional. The FDNY members are in the fire pension system. It operates uh, uh, perfectly. The NYPD, they have their own separate uh, pension system as well. So those members are taken care of by the NYPD pen, you know, uh, police pension fund. New York City teachers, they also have a separate uh, a pension fund. So even though it's New York City employees and even though New York City manages the pension system, it's controlled by Albany. So the fix for nicers would have to be up in Albany. And that's why I take personal umbrage with the state senator who is in Albany to throw that of cocktail at the FDNY when the FDNY kind of has their hands you know, tied. They have a budget that they must comply, and I'm not getting them off the hook. But, you know, this, this is going to take a lot of parties together, and maybe the governor is going to have to get involved, and, and let's go up in Albany and let's let's fix this damn thing.
1: Is there is there anyone who is trying to fix this in Albany right now? Is there any motion in play?
2: Not to my nails, like I said, as a retiree from the FDMY, I'm in the, the fire pension system. I don't know what's going on in nicers I haven't heard any of that. And I mean, I always have my ear to the ground. John might be more uh, uh, closely attuned to it. they dealing with his members that uh, that are in NICERS. You know, no, no, Shelley, you this, yeah. Shelley,
0: this was addressed in 2019. And it was made law. They're violating the law. The New York City management, uh, labor management and the FDNY continue to break the laws and, uh, you know, it's the EMS members that take take fault on it. You know, just like uh, there was a law, Governor Cuomo also made a law, the uh, civil service exams for EMS captains, deputy chiefs and division chiefs. But again, the FDNY has chosen to violate law and not allow these exams taking any transparency. And civil service protections from EMS members. All, all you have to be to be an EMS chief is take the lieutenant's test. And then after that, you just need to be the buddy or the person that's part of that one little group, that one little click that continues, you know, can climb the ladder. It has nothing to do with your, your education. It has nothing to do with, you know, and, and they, you know, the EMS chiefs continue continually to break the law put tests out there, have them take an exam, just like the firefighters, just like the police officers. I'm sure Chief Alice will tell you, he had to take a test all the way up to deputy chief.
1: Okay, we're going to take a break when we come back Again, we'll be talking with John Manning, who has just retired. He's been with the FDNY EMS for 25 years. And we are also speaking with Richie Alley's retired FDNY deputy chief. We'll be back next, Q104.3. And we're back with John Manning, who has just retired from the FDNY EMS. Also joining me this morning, Richie Alley's retired FDNY Deputy Chief. John, what inspired you to join the EMS 25 years ago?
0: Uh, when I was a child in my neighborhood, uh, I always wanted to be, uh, I joined the Flatlands Volunteer Ambulance Corps in my community. I, I lived in Oldville Basin and i was uh i was always intrigued by the uh work that emts and paramedics do um you know and, and as years went on 10 years later i had gotten on with the new york city fire department you know uh i wanted to be a proud member of the fdmi I, I wanted to do something with my life and you know you know as a child they all the adults always tell you cops firemen you know take the test take the test take the test read the uh Read the, uh, I can't remember the civil in the newspaper. The chief, read the chief. You know, I used to get that as a birthday gift, a prescription, a, a, a subscription of the chief for a whole year. And, you know, I, I just followed, you know, somebody spoke to me who uh, was in the fire department right after the merger, a close friend, personal friend of mine who was a captain, and said, what do you got to lose, John? Put an application in. And I did, and six months later on November 25th, I got sworn in. And
1: Richie? what made you join the fdny
2: i never gave firefighting a, a second thought when i was in college my career path i had planned to be a police officer and uh you know uh, go to law school possibly the fbi or follow a, uh, a legal career but you know make a plan and god laughs along the way taking the civil service exams uh a good friend of mine his father was a firefighter he was taking a firefighter exam he wanted to be a firefighter asked me to go. I took the test, uh, did well, I graduated college and uh, there was gonna be like a five, six month break before I had to apply to uh, law schools and the fire department called. So I was gonna turn down the job. And my dad had a different idea. Well, you're not gonna lay around the house for uh, the next five months while you contemplate or wait for the NYPD to call you and go to law school. So take the job and then you can transfer over. So I did. And uh, I was instantly hooked. I was assigned to uh, Engine 91, uh, St. O'Moore in, uh, in El Barrio, 111 Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenue. And I was, it was, I was smitten. And I saw the possibility for career advancement. Uh, I, I loved the camaraderie. It was just, it was a family. And uh, the drill and the excitement of firefighting was was an adrenaline rush that I couldn't I became an adrenaline junkie so I stayed at NYPD almost six months later uh, called me and I was like uh, no sorry uh, you're six months too late and and the rest is history 38 years later uh, I I, uh, I retired and uh, it was a, it was a great career along the way um, between the time that uh, I got promoted to Battalion Chief to Deputy Chief, I ran for uh, elected office in my labor union, which was the Fire Officers Association back in 2007. I was uh, elected to that and it became the Legislative and Political Director. And that actually year was the year after Detective James Adroga had passed away from 9-11 uh, pulmonary fibrosis. It was the, the fight in earnest now to get the 9-11 Health and Compensation Fund. Uh, passed, and they took me and drew me into the deep end of the pool, and the rest is history. It became my, my career focus all the way through uh, until I left, you know, when the, when the law was extended permanently, and, and, and in 2016, uh, when, when Michael Barasher uh, grabbed me and said, uh, well, maybe you're leaving the fire department, but you're not leaving the 9-11 community, and, uh, and he dragged me over to the law firm, and it's, now it's like the mafia. Uh, I can't get out. You know, Don Barrish will not let me out of the law firm. So.
1: <laughs> John Manning, what was your best day or your best moment with the EMS?
0: Oh, wow. That's a tough one. Or I've there could
1: be several.
0: Oh, there have been several, several uh, great memories. Uh, that's a tough question. Um, I could tell you my worst day. Okay. And I can tell you, it's in my prayers and my thoughts every day for the 343 that did not make it home that day and the 3000 civilians that did not make it home that day. And to all first responders that are still sick and living with that horrific day uh, that just and, and all the U.S. military that had to go overseas immediately following that attack on our on our soil. That that was my worst day. That was a day that will never uh, my good memories, just a lot of really good people that I worked side by side with somebody recently said to me, the one thing you're gonna miss john is you're not going to miss the circus, you're going to miss the clowns. And oh, man, is that is that point on because I really, really, really do miss the clowns.
1: Richie, what was your best day with the FDNY? You
2: no, know, I'll have to equate it to my best day and my worst day. I'll start with the worst day, which uh, was, uh, was 9-11. Uh, and, and the best day would be September 12th and all the years going forward to to cover and, uh, you know, pull ourselves up from our bootstraps the very next day in the midst of this incredible devastation the only thing I can do to compare it to is the the London bombings you know that I'd seen in the uh, video footage but to rise above that to recover the camaraderie again you know, of everyone you know joining together and rebuilding uh, the greatest fire department in the world is something that uh, I, I walk around uh, uh, proudly with so yeah that worst and then, and then best. And I had a lot of great days of the long year, but that's uh, those are stories best told uh, over a pint of beer. A few things that I did that the statute of limitations for criminality are, are long gone, but some funny stories. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that's why I got to get to the deputy chief. There were things that the department didn't know, <laughs> and, and nor should they.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, when you retire from a job that you love, that's got to be hard. So, Richie, what advice do you have for John Manning, who just retired days ago, you retired years ago. What advice do you have for John?
2: Yeah, well, two, two separate categories, uh, you know, not John's, but the first one is that in, in the FDNY, it's such a dangerous and physically demanding job that so many of our members, and on the fire side, Uh, almost three-quarters of the members uh, end up being disabled through physical disability or coming down with a uh, health-related issue like lungs or cancer, which is an occupational uh, exposure. And when someone, you know, everybody has a plan, you know, you ask somebody, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to do 25 years. I'm going to do 30 years. I'm going to study for chief. I want to be this. I want to be that. And then all of a sudden to be injured in the line of duty and to maybe have 10 or 11 years and then be confronted with retirement it's like they just pulled the rug out from under you and this this job is so unique it's that everyone's that's employed in the fire department you're in the fire service or the ems service it's not a job no it's 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 a calling so they don't consider themselves just like hey i work at that job that's what they are you no, know, I'm an EMT. I'm a paramedic. I'm a firefighter. I'm a fire captain. This is what they are, and to confront, it's a huge issue. I've over the years in my in my uh, union capacity, in advising uh, members, it's a lot. I've had to talk some people off the ledge, really, uh, literally, because it's just it's it, 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 it turns their life around. But for people like John that have reached the you know the end of the road and are looking for something else, I'd say, well, don't just tire willy nilly. You got to have a plan, you know. John has a plan. You know, he's going to you know get another job. You know, he has another job that he's not willing to share with us yet. But I wish he would. But it's exciting, and you have to be involved. You can't. You know, it sounds great. Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna retire, and I'm gonna travel with my wife or my girlfriend. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Well, that's great for a couple of months, and all of a sudden the dust settles, and it's like, what do we do? You no, know, we're all Type A personalities. That's why we're driven to these jobs. Have a plan. Make sure, actually, you know, people like John make sure that their health is in order. Get all, you know, go to all the doctors that you can to make sure that you uh, have no health-related issues before you separate uh, service. Uh, seek out a financial planner. You no know, full fee. Not someone that's going to invest money for you and make money on the commissions. But make sure that your financial house is in order because now all of a sudden. You're going to have access to your retirement funds because you've separated service. You've been saving and saving and saving. Well, you've got to have a plan because this money has to last you uh, a a long time. So those are the two key things that I think uh, as far as the average retiree like John, you know, a a long and standing uh, career, make sure that they're physically healthy and financially healthy.
1: John, what does it feel like since it's only been days since you left the job? What's that like?
0: Well, Shelly, we, going back to what Rich just said, just so uh, I, I want to make something else clear. Um, the FDMY has always been a family to me. Um, I know some people have mixed emotions, but I'm telling you how where I feel and where it is. In, the FDMY has always been in my heart and as a family. And the day I retired, I had called Dan Prince over at the FDNY Transp- uh, Transportation Foundation. And I, I, I've been friends with Danny for over 30 years. And Great I told guy. Danny, yes, absolutely. Yes. i told Danny, I'm not going anywhere. I wanted him to hear it from me before I got out to the rumor mill. And I had told him, Danny, you have my number, you have my email. If any member needs a ride to Sloan Kettering or anywhere else, I want a phone call. I am not going away. I'm not disappearing. I'm not moving down south. I am staying here in New York City where I love in my community and my family. And I'm here to help, but yes, you know, it's it's yeah. only been days. I'm sorry. Going back to your question, I'm sorry. It's it has only been days. It, it you know everyone tells me it feels like a vacation. I I haven't felt anything yet. It's still days, but I, I still don't get me wrong. It was a very Sunday was a very very emotional day for me. Uh Making this de- decision was very emotional. Uh As an EMT, I've had an, an amazing career. I have been giving. A lot of great opportunities. I have worked with the best commissioners, starting with Nicholas Capetta and then former commissioner Sal Cassano and then the commissioner Dan Nigro on the their administration. And again, I was given, you know, just as an EMT, I know, I know EMS chiefs that have never experienced anything like what I have. And like you said also, Shirley, uh, I was able to organize and create the EMS, uh, the FDNY EMS Pipes and Drums Band. Uh, we were the first and only emergency medical service pipe band in the country. Uh, that was a great uh, you know great thing. We uh, since then I'm not with the band anymore. I'm, I'm I am, but I'm not but um what do you call it we there are now, I believe seven EMS bands throughout the country and wow. we helped two of them. One was in Boston and one's up in uh, Seattle. and uh, you know and now, I uh, recently, with Vinnie Varelli, after the uh, death of Oreo, um, uh, EMT Oreo, I believe it was back in 2018 when she was run over by her own ambulance, we created a non-for-profit organization, and that I will have to say is one of my proudest days in my career, and it's called the Only Health Fund.
1: And tell us a little bit about that. We only have about a minute left, so you have to be oh, brief. And how EMS people f- can help.
0: EMSFDNY, you can visit us at fund. We're a non for profit organization or 5013c and we created this fund to help our members when the unthinkable happens. You know, as you know, and as everybody else knows, we don't have pay parity like our other first responders. So when the unthinkable happens, like their house burns down or there's a car accident or their wife or child gets sick we stepped in and help with financial support during COVID. That was a huge, you know, we were the first to step up and get uh, hotel rooms for our members. You know, we were getting phone calls that we had members sleeping outside the Bellevue station out in, in midtown Manhattan and nobody was caring. We had a hotel room with the Marriott that night for those members. Nobody's going to sleep in their cars. Nobody.
1: Well, The both of you have had stellar careers, and I am just honored that I can call you both my friends. And so thank you for everything you've done and everything you continue to do. And as I say, I I just treasure our friendship if you missed any part of this you can download the iheart radio app it's free and all of my interviews live on the podcast sunstein sessions and i'll see you guys tomorrow morning on the jim kerr rock and roll morning show q104.3
0: you've been listening to sunstein
2: sessions a production of iheart radio